Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. So very good. Hey, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about the seed of our life and how that seed is the picture of our future. Uh, we've gone through incredible uh, couple of months as we've prayed together. Uh, a few people have asked me, why do we stop praying at 9am? We did, we did five weeks of prayer. Listen, my only answer to you is this, I want to leave you hungry a little bit. It's like I give you a little bit of a taste of something and then we'll come back to that, I promise, between now and the end of the year. It was a powerful five weeks. We saw some great miracles, God doing some great things and, and we're not done with that. Uh, if, if you're hungry and you're saying, I want more, that's exactly what I wanted you to feel like. So we're going to come back to that. It's going to be great. But we've been talking through this aspect of our future. What does our future look like? Um, I, I want to remind you, as I spoke last week, that future and a great future is never accidental. Building your future doesn't just happen. You don't wake up one morning and you're there at the perfect future accidentally. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine you want to build a house? If there's anyone in the room that has built a house, you want to build a house, you buy a block of land, you're excited about the block of land, you go to Bunnings and you buy everything you need for that house. You buy the bags of cement, you buy the steel to put that together, you buy the wood, you buy the roof tiles and you put it all on a truck, you back up to the block and you tip it all off and you expect it to fall on the ground and become a house. (laughs) It would be stupid, right? If anyone says, yeah, I'm just going to back up the truck and I'm going to tip it all out and I'm going to move in tomorrow, you would say you are the dumbest person I know. But listen, our lives are like that. We buy the block of land, we buy the the equipment, we back up the truck, we tip it out and we wonder why our marriage has fallen apart. We wonder why our, our, our business isn't working the way it should. We wonder why our bank account is always empty and never full. Because we've backed up the truck to the block of land, we've tipped out the stuff and we get to the point of our lives that we haven't laid out our future. Last week I started to speak about this aspect of seed is the reality of laying a pathway into our future. The seed of our lives lays out what God has got for us and how we walk into a great future. I talked about the seedbed of our minds. I talked about the preparation in our thinking, in our belief systems. Listen, if your belief system is messed up, you will always struggle into your future. And I spoke about the reality that maybe you come to this room, maybe you need to seek professional help in your thinking. Maybe you struggle with errors in your mind and errors you're thinking and you need to seek professional help to to break through in those areas. Listen, I want to encourage you. Find a great Christian psychologist, a counsellor that can walk you into areas of your mind and your thinking to come to clarity. Now, maybe you're just here with an undisciplined mind that you back the truck up and you tip it out and you wonder why your thinking's all over the place and you've got to stop and come back to the plans and redirect your mind and thinking. Listen, I know none of us like the redirection of our thinking. We like being undisciplined in our thinking and mind. We like having those days where we sit around and we think in our heads about everybody else and hate the world. We love those moments. We love that Netflix seems to blare it away until we just get to the point of emptiness in ourselves. But a great mind, a great future is never just built accidentally like that. It's built with the right thinking and outworking our lives. We spoke about this last week. And listen, you can see those on on our podcast and you can go back and hear that message. I I don't want to stay there too long. 
we went past that and we started speaking about stewardship of our finance. We talked about the reality that everything we own is God's already. The Scripture is so clear. God gives us stewardship of these areas of financial aspects of our life. Uh, we talked around that. And over these last couple of months, we've spent some time there. We've spent some time being practical. I talked about if you've never saved or you've never laid out goals, look at how you can start to do that. I, I said, maybe your goal could be to have a dollar left in your account at the end of next week. I, that may be a, a lot, but for some, that is a start goal. It's a small goal, but it's a better than having zero in your account at the end of the week. Maybe that's a start. Find goals. Lay out some plans for your future. Again, you never back up the truck of your finance and accidentally become in a place of security. It never comes accidentally. It's good planning, good thinking, good saving, good believing in that aspect of your life, good sowing. Listen, some seed needs to be released from your life, needs to be released into the kingdom of God. And that's an area of all of our lives that we need to know about and continue to believe in. I know for myself, even in a struggle of faith as a young man, I knew how to release my seed into the kingdom of God. Even when I wasn't walking with the Lord, even when I wasn't in the house of God, in the, in the middle years of my teenage years, I'm going to invite my dad up in a few moments and I'm sure he might tell you a few of those stories, obviously about my brother, not me, uh, because I was pretty reasonably perfect, not so much. But I still sowed. Listen, I knew how to release my seed and that has caused blessing to continually flow into my life. It's the releasing of seed that opens the pathway into your future. I'm going to come to point three of my last week's message today. And I want to talk about the seedbed of our families. If you are in this room and you're not married, if you're in this room and you don't have kids, listen, I know many of you will have into the future. So listen today because I guarantee I'll give you some great tips on how to build this wonderful future. I want to remind you that the seedbed takes time to plant and sow. Pastor Wendy tells a story many times about when she was younger, a younger woman, unmarried, praying for the future husband that was going to come into her life. Now, I'm the great result of those prayers. <laughs> you may feel the prayers were terrible or you may feel those prayers were great. I don't really care today. I feel like Wendy did a good job. Unfortunately, she didn't pray for her husband that had long hair and in his old age. But she prayed that through. I remember her telling the story about how she continued to pray, even as a young woman, that she would have a godly husband. Through that time of praying, I, I, times of that, I wasn't walking with the Lord. And I know this, a bunch of people prayed me back into the kingdom of God. Some are sitting in this room. Others are grandmothers that have passed away now parents that are, that are walking with the Lord and a wife that prayed me continually back into the kingdom of God. The laying out of your future happens today in your prayer life. The seed of your future is laid out today in how you begin to pray for your family. If you're unmarried in the room, I encourage you to start to pray for that future partner. Now you may be sitting here going, oh, I don't want to get married. I don't want to... Listen, if you're young in the room and testosterone hasn't hit you yet, young man, I promise you that will change. Can I have an amen from somebody in the room that knows what I'm talking about? I want to talk to you about the seedbed of our families this morning and how important it is to build this 
aspect of our future with our kids, our husbands, our wives, our partners, the ones that are around our lives. You need to cultivate the power of that because there's something powerful that, about family that is more powerful than everything else because, listen, family outlives us. My father, hopefully one day way down the track, will pass away. But his, his future is wrapped up in his kids and his grandkids that have a passion for God and they're in the house of God. It is outliving him. His parents have already passed on. His mother was a great warrior of faith and a great warrior of prayer. And I know she prayed me back into the kingdom of God. And listen today, I, I continue to live on as a great picture of the future that was her prayers. We need to make sure we're praying and building around our families. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Nevertheless, let each of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. If we go, and I don't have the time to go all the way through Ephesians 5, Paul writes of the power of marriage and the power that comes in that relationship. Listen, today in society, we see one in two marriages ending in divorce. Now, you may come into this room facing and having faced a divorce in your life. I don't want to cast condemnation upon you today. I speak only of God's best for our lives and God's best for our relationships. And it is that marriages walk through the test of time and the test of what a covenant relationship is. Listen, I know some of you can't change what has happened in the past, but I speak again to our futures, building our our relationships and our marriages and building the, the partner around us always starts in the picture of prayer. My prayers for Wendy are so vastly important. The Bible talks about me washing her in the water of the Word as I wash over her life. Listen, this is a concept my dad taught me when I first da started dating Wendy and, and I started sitting down and talk. Listen, this woman's crazy. She doesn't think like a normal person. Oh, she's a woman. That's the issue that doesn't think like a man. We, we talked through these things and dad first question and first statements to me was around prayer. Around how I'm praying for Wendy. How I'm going to start building her as, as a husband, building that wife. Listen, Paul writes about husbands loving his wife as he loves himself. And he goes further as Christ loved the church. Listen, the first thing we see Christ do is pray for the church. He's praying and believing and standing in the gap. Listen, if you're a husband in the room, your number one job is praying for that woman that you're married to. It's not telling her to change. It's not telling her to submit. It's not telling her any of those things. Your number one job is to pray for her. Well, that's a lot of women clapping right there. <laughs> Didn't see a lot of men's hands moving just now. It's to pray. It's to stand in the gap. It's to believe for those wives. If you want to love your wife, pray for her. If you want to love your wife, listen, if you want to love your wife and you're angry at her, pray for her and I guarantee that anger will go away and you'll love her again. Either that or you get struck by lightning from God. I'm not sure one of the two. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. Listen, this is advice I give married couples all the time. Couples that are about to get married. I always give them this advice. 
Listen, there is an enemy in our relationship. It's not our husband or wife. It's not our partner. The enemy is the devil that comes in to wreck every relationship. And you have to remember always that the enemy wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy homes. He wants to destroy what God uses as a picture of God and His bride, the church. He wants to destroy them. So you have to understand that, yes, there is an enemy. But that person you have an argument with right now isn't the one. That one is your partner. It's your life partner. It's the one you're building together with. I know they annoy you sometimes. I know you look at me and think, how could I ever annoy Pastor Wendy? But there's moments in my life. (laughs) Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of them that I annoy Wendy. But I'm not the enemy. Even in those times of annoyance, I'm not the enemy. Even in those times of, of making poor decisions as a husband, I'm still not the enemy. The enemy is the devil, the roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, seeing the marriages he may devour, seeing the homes he may devour. He's the enemy. We've got to be aware of that. I often say that as people are going to marriage, isn't it incredible the stress in the build-up to a marriage? We're trying to save. There's family involved. I don't know about you. My family's obviously perfect. My dad's in this room, but there's family involved. Therefore, there's opinions that you don't like involved, which is stressful. And it's usually the opposite person, the, the, the marriage, the in-laws that are even more stressful than everything else. You know, it's, these things are going on. There's so much stress and we lose perspective on who the enemy is. We take that into marriage. All of a sudden we're now in a house together all the time and that person was annoying enough when we weren't in the house together all the time, but now we are. And we lose perspective on who the enemy is. Listen, if you can walk out of here with anything, married or unmarried, walk out of here with the reality that when you're married, that person you're arguing with is never the enemy. Prayer takes us to the right perspective. There's an enemy. And devil, you've got no authority in my marriage. I'm standing right now with my marriage partner. I'm believing with them right now. I'm praying for my husband. I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for my future husband and wife for those in the room that are not married. Listen, those prayers are so vitally important to what we do. I want to add to that. Now comes along kids. Here comes kids into your world. Listen, if it wasn't stressful enough, just having to share a house with somebody else, now you're sharing a house with this crazy screaming kid that just doesn't let you ever sleep. You know how they torture people really badly to to mess them up? They stop them from sleeping. Then... We decide we're going to go and have kids, which is like continual torture for years of our life. If you're a kid in this room and you're annoyed at your parents, just imagine what they were feeling towards you when you were laying in that thing with a dirty nappy at two o'clock in the morning after they fed you five minutes ago and now you're screaming and they haven't slept forever. Can I have an amen from a parent in the house that knows what I am talking about? Thank you, Jesus, that I now have teenagers that have grown up past that. And Josh only wets his bed every... No, that's not true. (laughs) He never wets his bed, just to clarify. Just to clarify. (laughs) Grown through that. But listen, listen. 
Sometimes we can wish our kids to grow through and we wish away their lives. I, I look at my teenagers now, some of them sitting in this room, some of them helping in city kids. I, I look at my teenagers now and sometimes I wish they were back to that point because life just goes so fast. All of a sudden, one's turned 20, 20, no longer a teenager. Oh my gosh. You know, this is the crazy reality that kids are in our life for such a small period of time and we have to be so deliberate in how we build their lives. If you're in that phase right now that you're wishing your kids would instantly turn into teenagers because you're sick and tired of that screaming nappies, all of the above, listen, don't wish it away. Be deliberate in this moment. I know it's hard when you're not sleeping. I know it's hard when you're going through the season that's difficult. I know the teething. I know the pain. I know all of those things, but don't wish them away. They are the greatest blessing to our future because they're seed that goes beyond us. The psalmist says this, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Here's the reality that our kids are such a powerful aspect of our world. Build them, pray for them, stand with them. I want to encourage you. If you want to know the practicalities of how we do that, first and foremost, love them unconditionally. Love your children no matter what. Love them no matter what. But can I tell you something that's really unpopular in today's day and age? In fact, I had this conversation with an, an unchurched friend of mine just this week. We've got to love our kids unconditionally, but sometimes we've got to tell them they're wrong. We feel like today, and we're told continually, if you love somebody unconditionally, don't say you're wrong. No, we love you unconditionally. You just do whatever you want to do. That is not love. It is the fact I love my kids enough to say, your behaviour is incorrect. I love my kids enough to say, this is the right behaviour. Young men, if you want to have a great future with a, with a marriage partner, the best way right now is to make sure you outwork yourself in, in your sexuality very correctly when it lead up to marriage. You keep your hands yourself or I'll have my hands on you. Tell my sons, if I ever see you treating girls the way you see them treated all the way around you, if I ever see you do that, I will murder you and I'll love you all the way to the grave. <laughs> because I've got to tell them, what is the right way to live? The love for my sons, the love for my daughters, the love for the people in my world is a big enough to say that is not the right way to live. There's a different way to live. There's a different outworking of our lives. Listen, we're told in this world, if you love someone, you just accept. No, you don't. You accept them in your home. You love them. You stand with them. But you also redirect the behaviour with love and encouragement, but great redirection. I'm grateful for a father that redirected me so often, redirected me in my behaviour. I'm grateful for that. So grateful that I'm standing here today because of his redirection. Ephesians 6, listen, if you want to really um, spend some time chewing this out, spend some time in Ephesians 5 and 6. 
Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for that is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. If you're a kid in this room, listen, understand there's great value in that statement. I know right now if you're a kid in this room, your parents are old and they never had to deal with the things you have to deal with. I know as a kid, if you're in this room, your parents are old and they never had to struggle with, with their sexual thinking. They never had to struggle with that because they're just old and that'd be weird to think about that. I understand all of those things. But let me be really clear. You might have some old parents in the room, but they were young ones just like you. They had to battle their way through. They had to walk through life, walk through challenge, walk through building who they are. Honour them. Honour the reality that they made it and they've got you as far as they've got you. He goes on and says, that it may be well with you, you may, lay, may live long on the earth. Listen, I want you to get what I'm saying right here. Verse 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in, in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, there is a simple statement here with a profound truth. He says, don't provoke your children to wrath. What's he saying here? Love your kids, redirect your kids, but really be careful how you do that. Anyone notice that teenagers are stupid and stubborn? Anyone notice that? I definitely notice that. Anyone notice how difficult it is to tell a teenager anything, like anything. Something happens when you're a teenager. For the males in the room, it's predominantly testosterone happens to you that makes the brain not work properly. And it becomes very difficult to talk and discuss. But listen to what he's saying. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Find a way to walk together. Find a way to discuss these things. Find a way to walk with others. He's saying, this is not easy, but how you do this is the best way to walk your kids into the future. I guarantee if you've got young kids right now, you're wishing they're teenagers. I guarantee when they're teenagers, you'll wish they're there because when they were there, they listened to you. Find a way. Listen, part of re-engaging your kids, part of making sure you love them and directing them is finding how you can best direct them. And I wish I could give you an A to Z of this, but every kid is so different. You know, I look at the kids that are in my world, every one of them is so different. How I relate to them is so different. How I, how I have to pray and say, God, give me wisdom. My first prayer for my kids is, give me wisdom how to lead them. Give me wisdom how to be a dad. Give me wisdom how to engage with that one when they just shut down and they're not talking to me anymore. Give me, give me wisdom to how to re-engage in their world so I can have those conversations about future, so I can sow the seeds into their life. If you're in the room, I want to encourage you to pray that prayer continually. God, give me wisdom to walk with my kids, to walk with my sons, to walk with my daughters, to walk with them in life. Listen, some of the best practicals is make sure when they're being stubborn, you don't come back stubborn. Here's a truth I learned many years ago. If you attack a belief system head on, you reinforce it because you cause people to fight for their belief system and why it's right. 
Sometimes the redirection of your kids takes coming at a little side note of conversation. Now, I understand there's some African mums in the room and that's a really difficult thing. I know you were raised in homes where you were told, listen to me, I'm right and you're never going to be right. And we live in a society, and this is tough, where kids grow up in schools being told that their parents are wrong. And this is, I know it's a tear right now in our communities here in, in Brisbane, here in Australia. We need wisdom from God like never before. In the tear of our community, culturally, how, how we grew up, to culturally how our kids are growing up, it's difficult. And, and we need the wisdom of God to walk it through as mums and dads and how we're actually going to walk with our kids. And, and, and listen, it may not be the same way that our mums and dads walked with us, but we need the wisdom of God through this. We don't need the wisdom of culture. We need the wisdom of God because there is a culture that cuts across every culture, whether it be an African culture, whether it be a culture of islanders, whether it be a culture even in the, in the Caucasian community. It cuts right across. It's a kingdom culture that comes from the wisdom of the Spirit of God that enables us to look and say, God, we build a foundation into our futures because our kids are our futures. That we look past what's happened around us and how we're going to walk well into our futures. Let's learn how to sometimes listen to our kids. I know our parents may not have ever listened to us, but there's something that needs to happen in our communities, the ability to listen to our kids and what's actually happened in their world. I struggle with this. I've struggled with this lots. I'm a teller. I love to tell what's going on. I love to just lay out, do this and you will be better because it's the easiest way, right? But sometimes stopping, taking your son or your daughter out for dinner and just chatting, what's happening in your world? So that you can re-engage with the conversation of direction. Now again, your parents may never have done that with you. That's okay. I just want to give you some practical tips about how we could actually build that. Because Proverbs 22.6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Listen, the worst part of this scripture is, when he is old, he shall not depart from it. When he's young, he may. And you want to just size nine up the backside, because when he is young, he may depart from it. When he's old, he'll come back to what you've trained and built and established in the foundation point of his life. He may come back with a few scars. He may come back with a broken toe or seven. He may come back with a blood nose. But when he's old, he'll come back to the foundational point that we've built and established in their lives. Listen, I pray our kids don't have to go through that pain. God heals, God delivers, God can set people free. Thank Jesus for that. But I pray he doesn't have to. I pray we see a generation continually arise. And listen, as parents, we need the wisdom of God to do that through a confused culture like never before. We need to pray for our seed. Kids carry our heritage. Our families carry our heritage. Our families are a great picture of that. And from that point, I would love to invite some of the parents of the house that have come and stood with us and and prayed and if I can get this removed John that'd be great and I'd love to invite if Dot if you could please come up here first if anyone knows Dot put her hands together for young beautiful Dot 
Now, I know you're looking, how does this 21-year-old become a mother of the house? How does that happen? But yes, yes. Come and grab a seat with me, Dot, if you can. I'll sit on the stool. You can sit there. Now, now Dot has been in this house for a, a few years. Before the beginning even. Hey, Dot, you want to give you that? That's your mic, Dot. Dot, you, th- this picture of City Point West, you birthed in prayer even before we had a church here in Anala, Is that correct? Yeah. You were part of Brisbane Christian Outreach Centre. Even when we're over, uh, I think at West End days even. Yeah. Can you talk us through, because prayer has been a key part of your life. Prayer, you prayed for me. You've prayed for this house. You prayed for Pastor Wendy and I for the last 11 years that we've been here. What does that look like for you to lay a foundation of prayer and what did that look like as we started City Point West? Fast forward a number of years. I don't want to give away your age. So fast forward a number of years. You've continued to pray. You, you've done the practicals, which has been important, but you've always been that, that prayer warrior on your knees praying. What does that look like in your world as you've continued to pray all the way through this journey? Well, I saw what I You, you still pray yeah. for this. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. You pray for Pastor Wendy and I every day. Yes. Yep. You're praying for everybody in this room and you have for many, many years. Yes. Yeah. How important do you feel that prayer aspect has been in what we've achieved today? so good dot listen we are so grateful girl that you have prayed for us so long so hard and so passionate I, I know i speak for myself and pastor wendy but everybody here that sits at city point west we thank you and we love you and we're grateful that you've continued to pray for us so much come on let's give, let's give her a standing ovation she deserves a proper one we love you dot
Can I just uh, grab John? If John can come and, and join me for a quick second up here as well. Uh, I know one thing that, that John loves to do, and we've often prayed together on Fridays uh, when, when both of us have time to do that, is pray. And John, correct me if I'm wrong, you believe prayer is key to every aspect of your world when it comes to speaking about our seed. Now, the last, the last two weeks, we've been talking about our minds and the, and the power of building the seed of our minds. We've been talking about the seed of our stewardship. You know, we just, all of us came and gave and sowed together. We do that every week. And, and I, I know praying over that becomes essential. And I know that's something that you feel God encouraging you in different areas of your life. But then we talk about family. Now, kids sitting down the front over here, a beautiful wife who's young and you're old sitting there, you know. <laughs> She's my age, so she's obviously young. Uh, sitting down over there. Talk us through, how, do you, how, do you, how have you prayed for your kids? Again, in, in amongst the challenge of talk of culture, that, that's, a, that's an issue that we're facing here today. No, that's true. Uh, I, just like the scripture that you just mentioned, you know, in the Bible it says, train your kids, right? So that, you know, when they grow, they might not be part from the way of the Lord. It's very important. This is what I've been doing in my life. Not proud of it, but I know God has just put that seed in me that okay, you need to plant it also to my kids. So, what we do is uh, pray, and we, I, I take it serious when it comes to pray, and I take it serious when it comes to the things of God. And my kids know that when it comes to the things of God, we don't mark around. If it's prayer time, every evening we have to gather around together, read the scripture, and we give thanks to preach. So if you come to my house one day, you will preach. Okay, so just get ready. So my kids <laughs> preach. So every single kid, every person has to preach. So like today, maybe it will be daddy, tomorrow will be mom, and then Johnson will be Julius, each one of us. And not only that, when it comes to prayer, we all have to pray. Wow. And this is how we do it. Sometimes we have to pray each other, so we lay hands over each other. I pray for my kids, and they pray for me. Because in the end of the day, if I am superstar in prayer, and they are not, mm. it's going to be my problem. Wow. It's not their problem. If I succeed and they fail, it's actually very Wow. So that's how we do it, and they love prayer. It's not something that, you know, people say prayer, they know. Now they know, that's our routine. We have to pray whether I'm there, I'm not there, or still. Wow. Yeah, but again, as a parent, the most important thing is pray for the kids. And I pray for them to grow up and become might, you know, men and women of God. Awesome. Now, I want to take a point. You've been delivered, obviously deliberate in this. We, we talked about it before. You can't just back up to the to the block of land and tip up the truck and the house forms. That's not how it happens. So you've been delivered in this. You've been deliberate in and bringing the kids together. You've taken your time to do that and it becomes a family time in outworking of that. Uh, have there ever been times when maybe, I know they look perfect, those kids, that they maybe kicked up a stink because other parents in the room are going, you got perfect kids, my kids are stinky teenagers. Is there any times that your kids, I oh know, look at that beautiful young lady over there. She, she could never be like this, but just in case. As with all the special parents, 
They want to be perfect from you know, the day they are born to the day they move out of your house. Never, never. Somewhere along the track, they're going to be speared. Somewhere along the track, they're going to be derailed. And it happens. It has happened to my son Johnson. It has happened to Juliet. I don't believe that. I, I go with Johnson, but girl, you're too perfect. So me and my wife, we took time. We had to go fasting for her. And she's here. I know we haven't told her. We had to fast for her. And on top of that, we had to find some times when it shows, you know, she was calm. And we say, okay, now, you know, you have been going through this. Now we are going to pray for you. So you got to kneel down. And we ask, okay, Johnson, you are going to lay hands on her. So you pray for your sister that all, wherever, wherever these transforms are coming from, they need to leave her in the name of Jesus. And it happened. There she is, beautiful daughter. She's amazing. And she knows. Now, you, you touched on one thing, that fasting and praying. I know, I know dad did a lot of fasting and praying for my siblings. and not so, Obviously not so much for me, but my siblings and me. Amen. Lots of fasting and praying through those seasons where we have those moments in our life. That's something that's been key in your life as you've prayed through that with your own kids? Yes. Uh, fasting and prayer is very important. And we, 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 we fast. As a family, we fast. And I've trained my kids to fast. They're young, yes, they fast. And with the fast I'm talking about here is not that fasting, okay, I'm, I'm abstaining myself from watching TV. No, no, no. It's a dry fasting. No water no food. And so we take that for 12 hours and we have a breakfast together. And before the breakfast, we all pray. And they understand it and they are good. And they are healthy as you can see and they're strong. And I believe they're going to take this over to their family when they grow up. Wow. Yep. wow. My kids are good at fasting while they're sleeping at night. They're great at that. They <laughs> smash it. Smash it. <laughs> oh, very cool. John, thank you so much for those insights. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Pastor. So good. Uh, Dad, can I just invite my, my own father not to tell too many stories about me, hopefully? Um, <laughs> now, Dad, again, we've, we've been talking about our minds. One thing you've taught me all through my life is how we, we build the seed bed of our mind and we pray our way through that. Can you elaborate for just maybe a minute on what that... I need to say that, by the way, for a minute, just on what that means for you and what you've spoken, even into my life, in that building the seedbed of our minds and of our thinking. Um, minute, okay. Um. <laughs> That's a David McDonald minute. Yeah, right, okay. That's an hour. Okay. It's um, like Deuce's minute. Understand, sorta. we live in a carnal world, Yes. but we pray out of a life of the Spirit. And the foundations of the spirit life is what you believe. I love that song. Um, what does it say? Help me, song leader. I believe. I believe. I believe it. That's it, yeah. Well, that was great. I was hoping you'd just keep singing and singing. That was great. 
because what we believe is important. Um, and that comes because every day you come and the techniques of prayer are so important that you know how to come into the, the courthouse of God and, and let the blood of Jesus renew you every day and refresh yeah. your life. Beautiful. But you must go beyond that in the holy place where there is the candlestick and the showbread, which is the word of God. Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit then that begins to, not only as you wash to declare the blood, but, but you are declaring every day. But we must also break, the, the believing must break our mindsets. Because if I'm praying that I get out of poverty, then I must have a mindset break against poverty. Because these, these other things we've talked about, stewardship and yeah. family, if, if we haven't built our mind and our belief systems right, those other two right are always going to be impossible to build well. Because experience builds your belief system if you don't be deliberately build it. Yeah, wow. And so you have bad experiences, you go through times in your youth or through lust areas of your life, and, and though we know they're wrong, wrong never stops you doing it. Wow. Your belief system and your renewed mind where the Holy Spirit can then open your dream and vision to the great things of God, what you see. So what you believe, what you see yep. is so important. Then what you speak. If you don't change your speech, then your mindset will go back to where you were. Because wow. out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if there's people in the room that have come through those lust areas and they've outlived All of us have. Their, 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 their lives degrees. Wrong. People have come through here and, and dealt with poverty and dealt with the challenge of belief system around stewardship that is so small. They have to come through the blood of Jesus Christ and allow Him yeah. to renew that mind and renew that thinking so they can change their believing and change their world. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, where that, that life needs to become a joy to you and not a chore. The, the, not the prayer, the life yeah. of path. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, no, life the, of the, the prayer, life of prayer. It's not getting up in the morning and say I should pray. It's waking up with a song in your heart, wow. and and a desire to commune with God and wow. and to renew my life. I don't want to be what I owed him. That's why I came to Christ. Mm. I don't want the fruit of my past. I want the fruit of the Spirit. I want the fruit of the life of God wow. through the law of the Spirit. And and our desire comes for that. And you know. We can succeed in this natural world without God, but we can't succeed in the kingdom of God because, you know, wealth laid up it doesn't make you wealthy in God's eyes. Yes, sure. It's whether you can give, whether you can sow. Wow. Having kids doesn't make you a great heritage in God's eyes. It's whether they reproduce yes, wow. the kingdom of God. Wow. And that's a warfare. And if you think you can do it on your own, you won't. The Bible says, humble your heart before God, mm. resist the devil, and he'll flee from you because he's the one that looks to devour you. <clears throat> believe me, and, and you believe me because you, that's happening to you. Sometimes he does it so subtly, you, you're thinking, oh, this is a cruise, but you're still not living kingdom. Wow. So the desire to, to, to do that is got to be deliberate but yet joyful and wow. enjoyment. You know, when you come around the blood and start to thank Jesus for the good of who you've become, but then you go on further and you meet with the great Holy Spirit. He's in your life, and I know He abides in you, and you're baptised in Him, but sometimes He just lives in your heart, and we don't fellowship Him there. Wow. And Be deliberate to fellowship the great Holy Spirit. And then come the showbread, which is the truth of God, truth. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way was the labor, was the outer court. The way truth was the inner court. And the life was in the holies of holies. Yeah, beautiful. 
so Jesus just didn't say something that helps us today. We're Gentiles. We don't always understand. But when you come back to understand the Word of God, you go in there and you find He is the life. Yeah. And that's what it says in Romans, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free yeah. from the law. Yeah. And so this is just a lifestyle of, of deliberately doing that. You go through the, you know, the abounding times and the abased times. I mean, the abased times can challenge every bit in you and... Yeah. So in, in just to break it down in a bit simpler, so the times when you have a lot and the times you have very little. Yeah. You know, COVID, I found myself abased badly. I just couldn't believe that God could leave me there like that. Wow. But in the middle of it, God came through and, um, and I found the abounding grace of God around yeah. my life. But I'll be honest, for three months there, I even went down and saw Deb and talked to her. <laughs> I think I cried in your room, didn't I? <laughs> don't usually do that. I'm sorry, Deb. But you know, like... I thought, Trish, what am I going to do with her? What's, you know, you're a base. You're, you're, you're struggling um, to see now, no way through. Can I, can I ask a question on this? Because it's important. If there's people in the room that have had those moments, the finances aren't where they want them to be, even though they're trying to stand in faith. The kids, grandkids. So I know there's grandkids in the room, parent, grandparents, praying for grandkids that are a mess. You had to pray for a son that was a mess. And how do you keep your mind to the Word of God, and not, when I don't mean just the written Word of God, the spoken Word to your heart, the promise for your son when he is away from God, the promise for your grandchild when they're away from God, your promise for your finances when you're abased, when you have nothing. How do you keep yourself and pray yourself into that position? It comes back to these four principles. What I believe, yep. what I can see because the Holy Spirit has sanctified yeah. my imaginations and thoughts, because only when he does that can you have more exceedingly abundant than what yeah. you could ask or think. What you, what you speak and the word of God that's in you. Um, and, and, you know, when you're warring for children, sometimes I'm buying the devil. No, you've got to speak what you see. What do you see for your children? And the fourth dimension man doesn't see what he's doing. He doesn't see the behaviour. He sees what God says he is or wow. she is. The the natural man sees that, and so you're disciplined from that area. But if you don't go into the prayer closet, if you don't go into that holy place, if you don't go where, where you can see. And for Tim, I mean, Tim's behaviour didn't ever talk like that. Even God existed, you know, at times. You know, I remember at 2 o'clock one morning I had a phone call, and a lady just simply said, do you know where your son is? I said, yes. She said, if you only did, and hung up. I want to murder her. I want to murder Tim. You know, from 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock, I just struggled in my mind probably for three hours. And then I got the victory. I didn't go out beating up demons. I just told the devil he's dead. I'm trapping all over him. Tim's coming to Christ. Tim's going to be a leader. Tim is going to rise and succeed. Tim is overcoming that world. And just declared. See, washing your water in the wife and the water in the word or washing your children in the water in the word is not casting demons off them, even though we must cast them off with the blood and break that power over their lives. It's washing them in the water. What's the water? That's the spirit of the word. So what does God say for my wife? What does God say for my children? And we must declare that. And, and you know, I get out in the paddock or we're blessed. I've got properties I can go out in. And I like to shout because I'm loud. I like to shout. Because sometimes you can get you can just get oppressed in there and you've got it in your mind, but you've got to speak it. You've got to speak the word. You've got to speak the word and you declare that. I used to go down to that big church in Brisbane there and just declare that word over Tim. 
I declare that over my family. I declare it over the church when it was in going through those times of strife. You know, I declare it, declare it. And, and you know, and you get into that realm of the great Holy Spirit. Anyhow, I'll start to preach. Yeah. That great realm of the Holy Spirit, you know. Listen, we're almost out of time. Yeah, I know. Does anyone think maybe Dad should preach on this in a couple of weeks' time? <laughs> no, I reckon not. I think we should organise that. Um, hey, musicians, you can come back really quickly. While the musicians are coming back quickly, Dad, let's, let's pray yeah. for two things. Number one, let's pray for families, kids, grandkids that are represented in this room. Secondly, I would love to pray for anyone in this room that maybe right now you're trying for kids and you have, it hasn't been happening. Uh, like maybe, maybe there's been miscarriages, maybe you're barren. I, I want to pray for those two, Dad. Can you, can you actually lead us in, in prayer yeah, for those? Yeah. Listen, I, I remember, Christiana, I remember when we prayed uh, with you all those years ago, we were praying, believing for a kid and, and great miracles. This happens. This is the Beautiful. beauty of God. Dad, can you lead us in that? Yeah. You know, don't pray alone. Grab someone's hand. Bring agreement. The yeah. Bible says where two people agree, God comes yeah. into that midst. Yeah. God, everyone say with me, God comes in the midst. No, you haven't said it. I said God comes in the midst. God comes in the Come midst. Come on, agree. Agree with somebody. Agreeing with me. Agreeing with Pastor Tim. We're agreeing. Father, as we lift, as we lift every need, every, every family, every child, we come humbly to you. Humble our hearts. Resist the devil. Resist the principalities. And we make known to the principalities the manifold wisdom of God. Jesus Christ, you died. You paid the price, but you rose again. And we fellowship the risen Saviour today over families, over homes. And the water of the Word and the power of the Spirit washes over. The blood breaks every curse, every hereditary tie. The blood sets us free. Oh, Jesus, your blood is washing families. Your blood is going out over our homes. Your blood is going over our lives. That cleansing blood, that delivering blood, that redeeming blood. Oh, Jesus, we fellowship and love you. But I pray for our children. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring lost children home. Bring them home. We wash them in the redeeming grace of God. We wash them in the redeeming power of Jesus. <coughs> right now we declare it. And to any womb that's not been opened, that believes to be opened, I speak to it. We lay hands on it. We declare today. We declare today. You will be fertile. You will bear fruit in Jesus' name. And the blessing of God flows. The blessing of God flows. The blessing of God. Lift your hands and worship Him. The blessing of God is flowing over some young people, over some families, over people. The blessing of God. The blessing of God. And the curses of Satan are broken. The assignments of sin are gone through the blood of Christ. Wonderful Holy Ghost. Wonderful Jesus. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.